With the Panthers struggling to score goals, we discuss what potential trade targets the Florida Panthers could be looking at. Your Locked On Panthers, your daily podcast on the Florida Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome into this Wednesday, December 20th edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. Thank you for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. I'm Ramon Velez from the Hockey News, and you can follow me on X at Mondoman12. Follow the show account on X and Instagram at LO underscore FLA Panthers. And shout out to the everydayers who come back here and get your daily Florida Panthers fix. And today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more, more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. So today's show is going to be a fun one. We're going to be not necessarily all over the place, but we're going to just evaluate a little bit, but then also talk about possible uh players that the Florida Panthers could be bringing maybe it's tra- it's via trade which we are still months away so we're not expecting any of these to happen right now but also we're going to discuss more about once the roster freeze is up whether the Panthers could be bringing in some players from the AHL but it is a Wednesday which it means it is a Winans Wednesday edition of the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast which means Jacob Winans is back Jacob I want, I, want, I want to give you the floor for a little bit and just give you some opening thoughts on just the end of the road trip as the Florida Panthers now return home for a two-game homestand. Yeah, um, I think I think the road trip as a whole uh, was a little bit of a letdown. Um, I, I think the, the energy was lacking. Um, I feel like I feel like they kind of ran out of gas at the end of it, um, and and I think offensively there's there's a lot of issues to work on i feel like the production uh down the end of the lineup is not there and it, it's becoming an issue when sam reinhardt's not scoring it feels like no one is so um they they kind of they took advantage of of a bad columbus team uh and and honestly they that game could have gone differently if eric branson hadn't um uh, completely lost his mind in that game uh, i feel like the panthers were losing control of that one a little bit when that happened uh kind of bailed him out uh, and then Edmonton, they took advantage of a goaltender who who was who's really uh, and and this is no disrespect to to uh, Calvin Pickard, but he's not a uh, solidified NHL player. He's he's more of a journeyman, more of an an AHL guy, uh, a third goalie. Um, they they really took advantage of of a, a goalie in a really tough position in that game. So uh, fortunate to get those four points, but the other three games, it was it was really lifeless. It was really. Um, the the creativity wasn't there the offense wasn't there the depth scoring definitely not there and uh i, I feel like uh i feel like when those things aren't going the effort's got to be a little bit higher and i feel like um especially in the third period against calgary um the, the first period against vancouver uh third period against seattle i i feel like i feel like there just really wasn't much there it it, it felt like a more of a lack of effort than anything yeah, and, and you and you see in the in all those uh, three losses uh, for the Florida Panthers, there was uh, for for them it was always that one period that got to them, 
that really cost them the game for Vancouver. It was early on for Seattle. It was later. And the same thing for Calgary. It was later on. And, but still you see stretches of the game that, that the Florida Panthers at points were dominant. So it wasn't a, a full 60 minutes of just completing being completely dominated. I know the shots on goal in Vancouver looked are, were double, uh, that had double the shots, but for context, once again, that was because the Panthers were playing from behind and, the the Canucks were playing were playing more conservatively there. So, uh, with, with with that, but the Palmer's did speak after the game against Calgary. He's like he liked the first forty minutes and all. And most times, if you're gonna if you're gonna play like that in the first forty, you're you're gonna you're gonna come more on the winning side more often than not. But there there are there are a few encouraging things for for the Panthers uh, here as far as where they how they where they are right now. I mean, five and two in one goal games over 500 there. And here's also the thing at this point last year, we were, we were wondering if the Panthers were ever going to get a three game winning streak. And that didn't happen until late January, early February when it, when it started at this point, December 20th at nine Oh five AM Panthers still don't have a three game losing streak. So that's very that's very encouraging. I know three they lost three out of their last four. This is basically the quote unquote uh, biggest uh, stretch of of losing for the Florida Panthers basically this season. If you don't count the the first, if you include if you don't count the first of two two games of the season, but also eighteen road games versus thirteen home, and they're nine seven and two. They finished nineteen nineteen and three last year. So very road heavy to start as well. And also Jacob, here's the thing. Goals four in 21 playoff games for the Panthers last year was 2.95. What during the regular season it was 3.51. So about a little bit more than half a goal less during the playoffs. Their goals four is not that different in, uh, in this regular season. It's actually 2.94. So one hundredth of a point. But also that argument of, oh, but when the playoffs come around, it's going to slow down even more. You can't expect that 2.94 to stick, which is very valid as far as that. So that that is where that is where you're scratching your head as far as that, because still Matthew Kachuk is at a 4.5 shooting percentage as well. But you're still you're also still seeing this. The Panthers win more games. When they're outshot, actually, as far as percentage-wise, which has only happened five times, versus when they're outshooting the um, um, opposition, which ha- has happened twenty-four times, twelve, ten, and two. What do you make of what do you make of that when uh, when here when hearing that for the Panthers as far as how it how it's gotten them to here? Uh, I think that I think they're an opportunistic team. I think that's really what that points to. And I think that also points to the fact that they tend to lock it down once they have a lead. Um, it, when the Panthers are, are at their best, they get a lead and then they shut down the opposition. Uh, that's that's really the style they like to play. Um, we, we talk about how good the Panthers are when they score first. Um, one of the best teams in the NHL uh, when getting the first goal. Um, and, and, they're they're very very good and very adept now at at getting a one two three goal lead and then and then slamming the door for the rest of the game, um, and, and I think I think that's where you're seeing that that stat where the Panthers have a uh, such a solid record when being outshot because they have no problem 
uh, getting a lead, uh, scaling back the offense, uh, letting the goalie make saves, block shots, uh, and, and keeping the shots from the perimeter. Uh, when they have leads, the shots tend to come from the perimeter from the opposition. It's not a lot of high danger stuff. It's not a lot of odd man rushes. Uh, they get into their structure and then they shut it down. Uh, and, and those perimeter shots are not usually that threatening and you can allow a lot of them. It's not really going to make a difference because those are easy to see, easy to save. Um, so I think, I think the key is getting, is, is getting leads and then shutting things down. Uh, and, and they've, they've struggled to be able to do that in the past few games uh, on, especially on this road trip. Uh, it's hard to, to play that lockdown style when you can't get on the board um, mm-hmm. and, and getting shut out twice. And then, only having one goal against Calgary and then you make a mistake and then that's, it's really pretty much game over from there. Um, you have to, you have to be able to play with the lead. You can't be chasing the game because it gets the Panthers way out of their style when they're having to chase the game. Uh, it's, it's not the same team we saw a couple of years ago where uh, they would get down and then make miraculous comebacks and, and win games that way. Uh, it's, it was exciting. It's fun, regular season hockey, but, uh, this is a, a team now that plays a playoff style and playoff style hockey. You're not, you're not clawing back and, and making crazy comebacks. You need to be in the lead and shutting the game down from there. Yeah. And uh, going back to when they score first 12, Oh, and two and, and, and none of, and none of those two uh, overtime losses have come on, on, on home ice. So that's a very encouraging sign as they're going to get more home games um, coming down the stretch and the benefits of the Western conference road games is after their next West Coast uh, trip, which will be in the first week of January, they'll only have they'll only have two central teams remaining on their schedule, which are short trips to Dallas and to Nashville in separate road trips um, as well. There, so that's uh, that's when it comes to travel, it's going to be a lot lighter for the Florida Panthers as as well. So that that's an encouraging sign. But also when it comes down to leads and and also. Going back to Monday, the the faceoffs for the Calgary Flames was sixty one percent to thirty nine, and they, yeah, a lot of people are probably thinking, uh, "What faceoffs are, aren't really the be all end all?" But when the Calgary Flames were winning their faceoffs, they were able to set up their D in order to block the shots in, in instead of the Panthers getting a quick quick uh, win on the draw and then uh, maybe a quick shot to the net. So that that is unblocked so something something worthy there especially when the calgary flames have the lead you're able to get into your structure a lot better but we're going to transition over to segment number two we're going to discuss more about possible trade targets that the panthers could be going after as the trade deadline is about three months away we're going to discuss that and more here on the locked on florida panthers podcast today's episode is brought to you by sleeper and there's all sorts of possibilities where Sam Reinhardt could score 50 goals. The Panthers could hoist the Stanley Cup. And you could win big by playing Daily Fantasy Hockey on Sleeper, the official Daily Fantasy app of the Locked On NHL Network. Sleeper is our number one choice for Daily Fantasy sports, and especially Daily Fantasy hockey. Because with Sleeper, you can win 100 times your cash in Daily Fantasy contests. All you have to do is pick studs like Sam Reinhardt, Alexander Barkov, Connor McDavid, or, or Nathan McKinnon, who was on a 15-game point streak. If they will record more or less their sleeper projections on goals, assists, saves, plus-minus, or more in a given game. And 
To win 100 times your bet on Sleeper, you need to correctly predict the outcome of eight player stats. You heard me, Cats fan. You can win 100 times your money on playing Daily Fantasy Hockey with Sleeper. So start paying attention and nail your picks so you can start winning big. Use code LOCKEDONHL and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. Use code LOCKEDONHL. See Sleeper's terms of use for details and locational availability. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today has it has you covered 24-7 on the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On plus national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national 24-7 streaming channel. Back on the Swine and Wednesday edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. Thank you once again for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day here on a Wednesday. And once again with Jacob Winans here. Jacob, so just we we know we know about the Florida Panthers issues to get the pucks to the net. And I want to once again reemphasize Matthew Kachuk talking about not wanting to cheat the game for more offense uh as as well. But it, it doesn't mean that the Panthers will be looking for they that they it doesn't mean that they won't be looking as far as getting that extra punch as far as scoring. So, as far and we've spoken about all the cap issues that not not I I don't want to call them issues how tight they are against the cap right now and even with the even with the rise in the cap it's it's still going to be tight for the Florida Panthers. So when you're thinking about a guy who just got scratched recently over the weekend in in uh, not over the weekend yesterday um, in Andres Kuzmenko, I I, I quickly looked up his uh, contract. Doesn't look like I don't think the Panthers are going to be going after him especially with term as well so once again to to give you guys the state of the florida panthers as far as draft capital no no ones no 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 ones nor twos in the next draft they do have a, a fifth from the cloud drew trade no ones in 2025 but added a conditional fourth uh for from the kachuk trade and a fifth from the anthony duclair trade uh for 2025 so there's something to play with but once again, uh, we we spoke about I spoke about last week about the trade to set up another, and whether it's a guy who makes a million in in salary, like maybe a Nick Cousins, but does does management like him enough that because he was part of the playoff mix uh, to keep keep him around? But we've seen a little bit of boneheaded mistakes from Nick Cousins, and that's excluding everything on Eric Erica Branson. He had a boneheaded mistake that I saw last night that had me scratching my head. So. I want to look at guys who the Florida Panthers could be looking at. And there are some guys who are the Panthers probably can't afford, like a Jake Kensel, an Elias Lindholm, and a Tyler Toffoli. Those guys are probably guys who are the Panthers aren't probably aren't able to to bring in as far as that. Guys who are probably on contenders but likely not traded. Uh Daniel Sprong, Max Domi, Tyler Pertuzzi, Sam Lafferty, those are guys that you probably uh won't be trade won't be traded. But also there are the categories of guys that probably don't fit we've seen the mike hoffman experiment um here in south florida but also it's it, it, it sounds great to to bring in vladimir tarasenko it sounds great on on paper but then you talk talk about going away from what the panthers structure is uh, as tarasenko is more offense first but does that set, but will that if he's on a line with lundell and etu lustrain and does that line suffer as far as defense as well but then there's like a sweet spot, possibly, uh, for for the Panthers. There is, and a few guys that I've thought of was Nick Foligno is, is one. 
But do the even though the Blackhawks are towards the bottom of the standings, does uh does uh Kyle Kyle Davidson want to take away a guy to mentor Connor Bedard because he already lost Taylor Hall to injury, Corey Perry and his and his uh off the ice issues as well. So that's that's also a possibility. I know this is a name that that, that will probably trigger Florida Panther fans. Uh but Adam Henrique is, is one that he's very, he, he's a, he's a pretty, he's not an, in a, he's not a super expensive contract, 10 goals and eight assists. So that's some scoring punch, but also there's a guy who was a seven time 20 goal scorer here as well, but hasn't gone to that point since because of injury the last few years, but he's healthy this year. And the Panthers will probably don't have to do the whole 25% remaining salary for this guy. And that's Sean Monahan uh, of the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, most of his 20 goal scoring came when he was in Calgary, but that could be a target that he could uh, that Bill Zito could be aiming for. One that I don't think could happen, but I would like to see, even though he played for the opposition in the Stanley Cup final, Chandler Stevenson, Swiss Army knife, can go anywhere in the lineup. He's due for a paid day, and he's a two-time Stanley Cup champion um, as well for during with Washington and with Vegas. Of, of the guys, he of the guys here. If there are some names that you that you saw the same, uh, but what what are there any other names that I didn't mention that you think Bill Zito could be looking at? Yeah, um, I agree on a couple of those names. Number one on my list would definitely uh, be Adam Henrique. He's a guy that I think would be a perfect fit um, if the Panthers could make that happen. Uh, and and I think uh, his playoff experience. He's a longtime veteran. He plays the right way. Defensive minded. Uh, can give you some scoring punish, can fit in anywhere in the middle six. I think he'd be an excellent addition. Uh, there's a there's a few guys on here. Um, Tyler Johnson is one that could that that could make a lot of sense. Um, if you're looking for scoring punch, I could see Kevin LeBanc. Um, I could see um, I, I could see someone like Jack Roslovic. I could see uh, a few of the, a few of those names. I could see uh, Kasperi Kapanen. I don't know how I'd feel about that, but that's that's an interesting one to me. Um, and then I guess we're, we're kind of in a situation where we're going to be monitoring which teams are, are kind of on the bubble right now and which ones are, are may fall out of, of the race. Because if a team like, if a team like Detroit, for example, um, somehow falls out of the playoff race, uh, by, by trade deadline time, and decides they're going to sell. They've got some really intriguing pieces on that team, uh, that I think could, could be, um, really good additions uh guys like david perron uh daniel sprong those are those are guys that i could see making sense um but for me one name that that we didn't touch on here that that it would it would be interesting to to look at from an op- optics perspective uh but a name that that would make sense to me is is anthony duclair um mm-hmm. you get to the trade deadline and san jose will definitely be selling so you get to the trade deadline, and he's a guy you could have back at a at a at a real discount, uh, just a draft pick or something like that. Because uh, I I I would be shocked if he were interested in signing long term in San Jose. What better what better player to bring in than a guy who contributed in your last playoff mm-hmm. run? Already knows the system. There's obviously not a single player on the market who would be able to to slide right into the Panther system uh, the way Anthony Duclair could, given that he's played in it. Um, and, and was successful in it last year. I think Anthony Duclair would make a lot of sense if, if you're missing scoring punch and you need someone to come in and, and, and fill the role in your middle six. Uh, he can play on any of those top three lines. I think he would make a lot of sense. 
so I would not I would not necessarily be shocked to see the Panthers bring uh, Duclair back at the deadline. We've seen crazier things happen, uh, and and that that would not surprise me at all. But um, like you said, we're, we're uh, it's good. it has to be all about fit here. Um, the 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 Panthers don't have the assets to go for a giant fish. You have to get the guys at at, at discounts and and guys that you can have for for minimal draft picks or or mid tier prospects. You, you can't afford to to go for broke uh, in the trade market with your top prospects and draft picks anymore. So um, it, we've seen teams be successful with that. We've seen Colorado pick up a guy like Andrew Cogliano for what was it? A fifth round, sixth round pick. Uh, Josh, Manson. There, it, Josh Manson was a guy that they got for, uh, for draft picks. It's, it's, um, it's about fit and it's about getting guys at, at, at a cost that doesn't, that doesn't mortgage your future. And the Panthers are in a position now. So, uh, I, I think I think if we're looking at teams, I'm looking at San Jose as a team uh, to maybe poach some players. I'm looking at Anaheim, uh, definitely looking at Chicago. They've got some veterans on that team that that could really contribute and uh, and and monitoring Detroit because if they if they tend to fall off uh, towards the towards the trade deadline and end up being a seller, which is possible, uh, they they've they've been slumping. Uh, that's a team I would I would look at as well uh, with some really intriguing players that could could help a playoff run. Yeah, and going back to going back to uh, Adam Henrique, uh, his uh, his cap hit is almost six million, so that will be a situation where you probably have to keep twenty five percent of his uh, salary. Another one that I would like uh, quickly, uh, but I don't think it'll happen. Jordan Eberle, I would love to see Jordan Eberle, but I do think that the Seattle Kraken, as far as leadership and building a culture, I do think that he will find himself uh, staying staying there in, in in Seattle as well. So that would that would be one that would be a big wish list and Jordan Eberly does have a great resume going back to junior uh before uh before uh the record for uh points in world junior uh was broken last year it was Jordan Eberly who had the previous record as far as that's but uh don't don't think that that will happen uh in my opinion uh but we're going to transition over to segment number 3 where we are going to discuss more about the state of the farm and what a call up could possibly spark as far as after the roster freeze. We're going to discuss that and more here on the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150. Bucks if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better place to get in on the action. The app is super easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. And with the NFL season coming to a close and Tyreek Hill needing an average of 150 yards in the next three games in order to get to up to 2,000 yards, if you want to go over a certain number for, for him as the Miami Dolphins take on the Dallas Cowboys, uh, you could place that all on FanDuel.com. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Third and final segment here on this Wednesday. December 20th edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. Thank you once again for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day here on a Winans Wednesday edition of the show. So, Jacob, uh, so I put out a poll uh, last, um, late last, 
late-ish last night about what when the roster freeze is over, which will be uh, December 27th, wh- what if, if the Panthers after that, if they should recall Mackie Semiskevich? Oh, by the way, Justin sort of was sent down before the freeze. Uh, so all signs indicate that Anton Lindell could be active could be activated for Thursday uh, because there is an open roster spot. So that with players activated off IR, that's not part of the freeze. So looks like Anton Lundell will be back on Thursday against the St. Louis blues. So the, the, the poll question asked was, should the Panthers recall Mackie Simiskevich? And I'm surprised. I was actually very shocked by the, how overwhelmingly it was of people saying, absolutely. It was 70. Currently it's 74% to 26 right now, as far as that. And uh, part of me is thinking, no, stick to the plan. But then there's a part of me that's thinking, call him up for a little bit, get, get a little bit of a, of a spark, get the, get the guys going and all. But then there's a part of me that's like, you don't want to rely too much on a young guy to carry the offense because Mackie is not going to, be the reason why Kachuk get um gets gets in the dirty areas and scores or and all and he and he, he himself is not going to fix the Florida Panthers power play as far as the as far as the Panthers trying to do qu- um quick passing from behind the net and and feeding Sam Reinhardt to the bumpers so Mackey's not going to do all of that as far as that but Mackey is having a, a is getting on on the score sheet more often um six goals 11 assists in 17 games uh, and a four assists a weekend in the back to back. So, and, and Justin sort of um, is starting to get it going uh, seven, 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 uh, 12 points in 17 games as well. So what I know, I know you had a few tweets during uh, the last game about calling up Mackie and all. So what are you making of, of the, of the poll and the, how overwhelmingly it is for people wanting Mackie Semiskevich back in the mix? Yeah, I think it's. A, I think it'd be a good time right after the roster freeze to bring him back. Uh, I think right now you can't really keep running with with Nick Cousins in your in your middle six right uh, as it stands at the moment on the third line. He's not producing much. Uh, they tried him on the second line again with Bennett and Kachuk. It didn't work. Um, I think it's it's at a point now where you've got to uh, you got to kind of cut your losses with that roster decision. Uh, Nick Cousins is more effective in a fourth line role. Um, honestly. I can't even really say he's he's necessarily outplayed uh, Jonah Gadjevich or even Steven Lorenz for a fourth line role. So I, I wouldn't even be shocked if he ends up in a situation where he could be uh, rotating healthy scratches uh, the way the way his game has looked recently. Um, and part of that could just be him being misused and having too much responsibility. If you put him on the fourth line, maybe he finds his game. Um, but I don't think he can continue to play on the third line. And I think Mackey is ready. Uh, I think. In preseason with uh, Etu, uh, Lindell, and Mackey, that looked like a really solid line. Um, I think he's really found his comfort zone right now in the pro game. Uh, he's he's had multi-point games now for Charlotte. He's uh, been on a bit of a scoring streak. He's found his goal-scoring touch. Um, I would like to see him keep it rolling in Charlotte and just have that ability to to grow and develop there. So if, if that is the decision. Um, I respect, I, I can respect that. And I understand that for development reasons, but uh, it, it's, it's on the veterans with the Panthers now. Um, 
no one no one is really no one is entitled to their to their spot on the roster and the bottom six right now is not producing so if there's a if there's a young kid who's ready to to take your job then then that's that's where that's where it is and and i think Mackey is is pushing right now he's knocking on the door and i think he can i think if he comes in on the, in the third line role or even in the second line role i feel like he can produce uh better than what what we're getting right now and i think also uh, the second power play unit could really use some uh, yes. uh, a scorer on the on the right wing uh, or someone who can at least set up passes to that left wing side, and I think he's a guy who could who could really uh, make a difference there. It, it's it's just lacking some creativity right now on the third line uh, and even the second line. I, I think either one of those places he could he could contribute, and he's a really creative offensive player uh, can really provide a spark. So I think, I think it's a, a creativity issue where, where it's, it's just a little bit stale and he's a guy who can come in and make some plays. Uh, he has the high hockey IQ, the skill level. Uh, I think, I think he can make plays creatively that the Panthers are missing. Yeah. And you think about with power play too, what some of the guys who are, are there or rotate there at least, I mean, you have your, your two defensemen, OEL and Ekblad, which I, I would love to see more of Ekblad fed on, on the left flank, that we, especially what we saw two seasons ago, uh, that he was producing a lot um, right before all those injuries as well. But then you think about ups, offensive upside to Anton Lundell and Etulu Serenin, who also rotate there from time to time. Uh, and, you know, it, it's also... It's crazy because it also feels like a log jam as well as far as power play one with Sam Bennett being on power play two, but can rotate there uh, so often. But also Mackie Semiskevich power play two offensive upside for him. It's it's no secret that that he has more of that than Etulu Strainen and Anton Lundell as far as as far as the future as well. So can, can that provide the spark for for power play two? Even though they get they don't get as much ice time there as well. So that's another thing to consider when it, when it, when it comes to that. Yeah, I think, I think he could be really effective on, on the second power play unit, which has looked kind of lifeless at times because uh, they don't really have a guy who's, who's a, a super fast uh, dynamic puck carrier. Uh, it's the zone entry. That's a problem. And Evan Rodriguez on power play too, has done a decent job of, of carrying the puck in, but outside of him, there's really no one, uh, Sometimes it's Sam Bennett, sometimes it's Carter Verhage, but those guys are kind of rotating on power play two, power play one. So you don't really know uh, which one it's going to be on a on a nightly basis. And personally, I don't like Carter Verhage being the puck carrier on that unit because I want him in a shooting position the second he crosses the the blue line. So him having to carry the puck in, pass it off, and then get set up in a shooting position that's a lot to ask uh, for a second unit that. Uh, you're usually on the ice for maybe 45, 50 seconds, and you're killing a lot of time trying to get set up that way. So I think uh, if you can, if you can get a guy like Mackey on the second power play, he's a guy who can carry the puck in, he can feed it to the point. And then if you get it to him on the right wing, there's a lot of options because he has a great wrist shot. He's great at those cross ice passes. Um, and I think, I think his creativity being able to, to have some open ice on a, on a power play unit, I think uh, that's where he could really find his confidence and, and be able to, to get on the score sheet at the, at the NHL level. Um, that right now, whether it's Etu, whether it's Anton Lindell, whether it's Nick Cousins and the the power play minutes he's gotten, it's it's there's really a black hole on that on that side of the power play unit for for power play two, and I think Mackie could fill it and and actually produce um, if put in that spot, uh, especially if you have Ekblad on the opposite side on the one timer side. Uh, Mackie's a guy who can get those pucks across to him in, in shooting position, so I think uh, 
I think it's something you have to consider. He's playing well enough now. Uh, you can afford to to let him go through some growing pains. Uh, I don't expect him to, to produce immediately, but right now there's no production from proven veterans. So I'd rather rather a young guy come up and not produce for a few games, but develop his game uh, because there's there's infinitely more upside with with a, a guy like Matthew Semiskevich versus uh, continuing to roll out Nick Cousins in a role that's maybe not best suited for his style. Yeah, and, and go. Let's go to like and quickly on Evan Rodriguez. Outside of those two four point games that he has, if you subtract that, if you subtract those games, it's thirteen points in twenty nine games. So, and he's playing on the top line uh, as well. So, uh, you know, num- numbers can be inflated and skewed due to performances, um, certain game uh, performances as well. But that's also a result of uh, Barkoff and Reinhardt just doing their thing. So as well. So. That, that's another note as far as as that um, for for uh, the Florida Panthers quickly as well Spencer Knight uh, as far as as far as 14 games uh, seven game seven games of them under 900 save percentage seven of them over two shutouts but it looks like the Panthers are going to be uh, sticking to the status quo but 933 save percentage over the weekend one of them being a shutout the good thing is for Spencer Knight the shutout came at the front end of the back to back I'd rather have that at the front end. Uh, and then the the second end, you're thinking, okay, maybe maybe a lot of uh, mileage in in the last two days. So thank, so great, great for Spencer Knight uh, as as he's continuing to improve. Who has two shutouts this year in AHL Charlotte? Uh, but with Mackie Semeskevich, if there is a call up, still not you're not you're not putting all your eggs in one basket for him getting the scoring and all so, as, as far as that. But he could definitely create that boost for this Florida Panthers team. But Jacob, I want to thank you so much once again for joining me on this Wednesday edition of the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast. Another successful Wines Wednesday, my friend. Tell everybody where they can follow you online. Yep, you can follow me on X at Jacob Wines 8. And uh, yeah, definitely given that this is our last uh, show together before the holidays, uh, happy holidays to you. Merry Christmas. And to all the uh, viewers and listeners out there, happy holidays. Uh, enjoy the time with your families. Thank you once again, Jacob, uh, and I will see you next week, my friend. Looking forward to it. Thanks. And if you like what you're hearing, please subscribe to the podcast to be notified every single time the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast jumps into your podcast feed. Don't forget to also subscribe to the other shows on the Locked On NHL Network, including Locked On NHL, Locked On Fantasy Hockey with Flip Livingstone and Steve Roden, and Locked On NHL Prospects. Thank you once again for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. So I'm Armando Velez with Jacob Winans. And you've been listening to Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day.